Hey, Bill and Gutter, and welcome to Blackwell Tribal Edition. Murmur here with you today, and we're in the studios. We've got uh, the big shots here, uh, Bumi and uh, you're in Kenyara, and of course you listening to this program. You're a big shot also because it's uh, with your support and uh, the support of uh, people like the Bumma Bupa uh, 98.7 uh, Radio uh, Network and the NIRS that uh, helps uh, take this to uh, different universes around the world. And um, speaking of which. Um, we are very happy to to talk about a number of those issues today and uh, I hope you're doing well wherever you are and uh, there were some interesting uh, announcements uh, recently and I thought we'd what, try and cover those and uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade have just inside of Australia that is have just announced uh, um, a few things to do with First Nations ambassadors we briefly touched on that last week but I thought we'd continue that conversation and um, see what really is behind that. Um, and uh, anyway, I, I guess that uh, uh, apart from the Indigenous procurement and stuff like that, um, I remember uh, a few years ago now that uh, there was a, a guy uh, who was the first uh, Indigenous ambassador. He was sent to Denmark there a few years ago. I think his name was Miller, uh, Ambassador Miller. But recently, uh, Penny Wong has made those uh, pre-election uh, things and also just now uh, saying uh, Labor's First Nations uh, foreign policy looks like real substantive change. This is from a, a, a publication called The Cowra Guardian down, uh, down that way, uh, down south there. And he's talking about uh, <coughs> uh, this article here by James Blackwell says this. Uh, this was, I think, uh, just a few days ago. I've written over the, the, the past few years, uh, uh, last year rather, on a half of the topic of First Nations foreign policy from New Zealand's bold first foray into the field in February 2021 to Australia's poorly designed and little noticed Indigenous diplomacy agenda the same year. Both of these were remarkable events due to their efforts to reshape what we think about contemporary foreign policy and international relations, but somewhat fall uh, short of the mark. So he's talking about here, he's, uh, First Nations people, just a little bit further down, have so much to offer the world of foreign policy, diplomacy and international relations. Ooh. Here on this continent, we have been engaged in our own forms of inter-policy relations for tens of thousands of years, including with peoples beyond Australia, all based on our unique law, culture, history. Um, so he goes on to uh, talk about that, and um, he's saying this is why Labor's policy announcement on the f this front is both so promising but also so vital. And we played that uh, interview last week at the National Press Club there in Australia for the uh, Foreign Minister now, uh, Senator Penny, Penny Wong, um, basically saying that um, you know a First Nations foreign policy that weaves the voices and practices of the world's oldest continuing culture into the way we talk to the world and the work of the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. It keeps going on there. And it talks about the uh, UN Declaration of Rights, constitutional reform, the Uluru Statement, and many other things in the articles. It's a pretty big chunk. Um, James Blackwell is a proud Wiradjuri man and research fellow in Indigenous diplomacy at the ANU's Coral Bell School of Asia-Pacific Affairs. So he's coming out there with a, few, a bit of a decent whack and uh, view of things. Ganyara, I'll start with you. Well, actually, Bobby, we might start with you. With Yudinji, um, the tribe-to-tribe -tribe relationships 
go way back before England or Australia was even here in the, in the first place. Um, you know, our mob was talking to different mobs all the time. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, good morning, Bumi. Well, the honest radio is worldwide, and that's good. We're talking up for our people, you know, that you got us in. Coming back to this radio, like we've got NITV, you got us here, we've got Uluru, and, and we've got you here. That we're hearing everybody what they say here yeah, when they go on this uh, election, and uh, that we're still here, that we're still going to stand up for our rights, you know. And that's not the best way, that's a good way. And so we can, so they can not talk about us, you know, like, which they always do, the, all these big shots, and, and I'm glad we're still here. And uh, the people out there, our lot should be proud of us, you know, that we did on this radio, that I got uh, Muramu here, and Ganjara, and Yurulam, and myself, that, yeah, I, I, I'm proud of myself, that Asani Dingy and Gimoy can see that we on this radio. Yeah, so, uh, uh, I was saying there before that uh, Yudinji had relationships with uh, Mamu and uh, uh, all the other tribes from around the place and obviously um, the shared story of, of Kuyam uh, in the in the what people would say the, uh, described it as the Torres Straits um, that's a, a Yudinji story that connects that top end to Gimoy and uh, to the Yudinji nation so those things were forged many thousands of years ago and so those diplomatic relations through song and dance and songline, for example, um, what Yudinji is doing is just uh, modernising that in some way. And uh, Ganyara, how do you see this announcement? Well, look, what I see going on um, within the Department of Foreign Affairs, it's odd. It's very, very odd what, what Penny Wong has done. They, they've put a, a First Nations ambassador inside the Department of Foreign Affairs. Now, when you think about that, uh, if we were all one Australia, it would have been inside the uh, Ministry, you know, for Indigenous Australians, where uh, the likes of um, uh, Nigel Scullion was, you know, um, all that sort of stuff there. But but we are not Australian. Yudinji were never Australian. They're, they're actually foreign to the Commonwealth of Australia, which is the very reason there's coexisting sovereignty is acknowledged in the Uluru Statement from the heart. When you go back to 2017. Um, you know, there was a hand-picked bunch to go and sort out the constitutional matters with the Indigenous people. And they come back and said, look, the, the Indigenous people haven't ceded any sovereignty, none at all. It hasn't been extinguished because there was no contract to extinguish. So they are foreign. They actually have sovereignty <coughs> that, that coexists. You can't have coexisting sovereignty. Uh, there's it, someone's got to be first in time, which is the Indigenous nations by roughly, you know, you could say 59,000 years if you want to give or take a little bit. Um, the Yudinji were here for a long time. Their law is still here. It's been acknowledged by the Federal Court of Australia in a number of native title determinations that they have a system of authority and decision-making, for example, you know, system of land tenure, system of dispute resolution. Yudinji have all the stuff acknowledged to be a real legitimate nation, and, and it is acknowledged in the earlier statement from the heart that the, the Yudinji were one of the first uh, sovereign nations on this continent, and they're still here to this very day, which means we're foreign to Australia. We are not created pursuant to Australia. We're not on Australian territory. It's actually the other way around. The Australians are on upon our territory without a treaty or consent. 
So how do you, where do you negotiate treaties? You know, treaties are negotiated between the, the foreign affairs departments of sovereign nations, for example. So uh, Penny Wong will be out there trying to negotiate treaties, for example, with Fiji, you know, to try and counteract the, the stuff that China's done with the Solomons. So why do they create this oddball position inside the Department of Foreign Affairs for indigenous people? You know, the indigenous nations of the continent. Quite obviously, those indigenous nations are foreign to the Commonwealth of Australia. They have to be. They can't be inside. They were never created inside Australia. That is why our sovereignty still exists to this very day. It hasn't been ceded. You know, as you said there, Uncle, um, with regards you know, trading with, with everyone else around the world, there were, there were Chinese were coming down to Australia, for example, you know, where we want to call you know, Yudinji country, and trading all along. There were, the, there were the people from Indonesia, from New Guinea, from the islands out there, you know, the, the South Pacific. They were moving around on boats. You know, it wasn't only the white fellas, you know, the Europeans that come here on boats. You know, there, there's talk of uh, ancient boats from, you know, like from the world of Egypt, for example, or Rome, have been here. There's talk of ancient hieroglyphics carved in stone down south, you know. Who was that done by? You know, so we've got to understand that, that we always have had this system of protocol around the world to trade with the neighbours, you know, you know, foreign affair to foreign affair type stuff, you know. Why, why is it now that it's only Australia starting to realise that the Indigenous nations are not part of Australia? Is it another, you know, is it another smokescreen? I don't know what they're doing, but if I was the Commonwealth of Australia, I wouldn't have made a position available inside the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade if if they were all Australia, if the indigenous people were all Australians. There's no, there's no way that they're foreign, you know, if, if you're gonna be an Australian, you're not foreign to Australia, you don't need to go through the Foreign Affairs Department. You'd be doing it through the, you know, the Indigenous Australians Department. So it, it's a very odd move by Australia to do that. Um, I think they might be starting to suspect that there are foreign nations here called Yudinji as one. Um, they've got no choice in the matter because Yudinji is a certain, it's, it's a sovereignty that has been here for the last 60,000 odd years, you know, that we can count on. And there is actually a legal precedence um, in Queensland Court, in the Supreme Court of Queensland, that actually goes on to say something along the lines of, it's not how much sovereignty um, the, the Commonwealth is going to, to cede to the Indigenous nations, it's how much they're going to take for themselves, you know. So you've got to go and create your courts, create your government, create all your bodies. and. Um, the, the ambassador that they're creating inside the Foreign Affairs Department will not be there to speak to Indigenous Australians. They will be there to speak to foreign nations through the foreign minister of that nation. And that means you've got to go out and create your nation, rebuild it, bring it back to life, create your government, create all your positions, create your minister for foreign affairs, bring him back to life, bring that one back to life, and then say to Penny Wong, okay, we're back, we need to talk Australia. That's why I said, who's on whose territory? Yeah, and it might end up that the Indigenous Australian who's the, acting as the ambassador for the foreign affairs of trade inside the Commonwealth can come to the Yudinji government and maybe uh, say hi and, uh, you know, start that ball rolling. You just never know. But at the end of the day, uh, the Yudinji nation's not waiting around for anybody. We're just moving forward. And while Australia's making these grand uh, statements and uh, key announcements, um, the Udinji nations, like I said, it's, it's, it's here and it's, it's not moving anywhere. No, we're not going anywhere and we're doing what we're doing. That's it now. There's no more. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, we, we know what's happening. 
uh, and our officers are here to stay and to make the world a better place. Look, back in 2017, we met with a number of senators over this uh, very, very issue. Um, we actually said, said to all of them, those who we met with, that you didn't, you have not ceded sovereignty. And they all agreed it hadn't been ceded, it hadn't been extinguished, it's still there. Which meant the Yudinji nation had the right to cede sovereignty in part or in whole to whoever it, it chose. You know, Australia's not the, not the chosen one. If, if, it, if it doesn't come to the party, that's all right, we don't mind. But there's plenty of other UN member states or other non-UN member states that we can cede sovereignty to, or in part or in whole, a little bit, the whole lot which means we can then appoint them to be the international representative for our, for our people if we want. Now that might mean China, Russia, the US, UK, whoever, whoever is going to give the best deal for the Yudinji nation. We're trying to say to Australia, you better get your finger out. We're offering this to you now for what, five, six, seven years? It's been on offer that you, we want to appoint you as the, the chosen one, but you have been very silent. Very, very silent. So what have, the, what have they done in the South Pacific? Have they ceded their sovereignty to allow China to look after their police force? What they've actually done there is they've worked, they've ceded a little bit of sovereignty. But when we understand sovereignty, to join the, the UN uh, world, the United Nations, you actually have to cede some of your sovereignty. Now Australia has ceded some of its sovereignty to the UN to the one world government already, just like China has, the US has, whoever is a member of the UN world has ceded some sovereignty. You know, they say, for example, um, the asbestos laws, you know, that are coming in around the world, they're trying to get rid of asbestos. So every country that signed up for that has signed up a little bit of their, have, have signed away a bit of their authority to the UN to say that we're going to agree with the law of, of asbestos to get rid of it. Now, Solomon's are, are working a deal together with China, so you do see a little bit of sovereignty. That's, that's the give and take. Um, in doing any deal, there'll be something in there for China, there'll be something in there for the Solomons. The Solomon Islanders are going to get their police force trained. They actually talk of them of China building a, a police academy there to train the, the uh, Solomon Island police force. And, and Samoa as well. Oh, absolutely. It's going around the Pacific. I see the over the last week or two, um, Senator uh, Penny Wong has been all around the South Pacific trying to bolster a bit of support for Australia. But, but, you know, maybe it's too late. Maybe, maybe where she should be looking, honestly, is back on the continent. Remember, we haven't ceded any of our sovereignty yet. And if Australia don't want to do the deal, and this is what one of the senators, you know, we actually said to him, look, we have every right to cede sovereignty if we want. And she agreed, yes, you do. Um, we said, we can cede it to any nation we want. She said, yes, you can. Uh, and then said, we can cede it to China if we want. She said, you've got every right to see it to wherever you like, but don't do it just yet, please. But that's five years ago, half a decade ago, you know. Let's start looking in real time, you know. We're not, we're not playing games anymore, it's, it's, it's over. We're gonna start moving forward with this. And if Australia don't want the deal, I, I've got a bit of a funny feeling that they're creating this, the, this, this ambassador inside the Department of Foreign Affairs is maybe to talk to someone like Yudinji. Not Indigenous Australians, you know, not, not, not uh, Aboriginal Victorians, for example, or Abor Aboriginal Queenslanders, this will be talking to someone like Yudinji. And I don't know too many other Indigenous nations that are out there that are back in their true form yet, true capacity, for them to talk to. It's strange to create a position inside the Department of Foreign Affairs for maybe one or two nations. Maybe there is the word getting out 
that other nations are starting to do it the Yirinji way, not as Indigenous Australians, but in their true and correct capacity as the original connect, uh, continuing pre-colonial Indigenous nation. You're listening to Blackwell Tribal Edition right across the country today, uh, around the planet, in fact, uh, and uh, we'll be back after the break. Michaela from Marawa Law. You're listening to BBM 98.7 FM. Yeah, welcome back to the show. We just talked about the foreign affairs stuff there. Also, I know that Labor's been very pro a voice, uh, the Uluru statement and the voice and what that t- transpires as is a very different... Um, uh, 
discussion for today. I mean, we've, we've, we've been talking about it for quite some time now, but uh, even Australians now, yes, given Sky News is what many consider would be a little bit conservative, uh, let's say, let's, let's be uh, um, generous with that, that level of, uh, of definition, but um, let's listen to Peter Credlin, who was, uh, I think, uh, Tony Abbott's uh, former advisor as well, but she's a Sky News commentator. She's saying the Indigenous Voice Department will almost certainly fail. Let's listen to why she thinks that is. Questions from you about Labor's plan for a voice to the Parliament and for it to be enshrined in the Constitution. A lot of concern and misunderstanding. So let's see if I can help you explain it all. The concept of the voice came out of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. Now, that's five years old today. In that statement, there were a number of demands. The first, this voice to the Parliament, a body of Indigenous leaders only, elected by Indigenous people only, to look at all the laws through the prism of how they might impact Indigenous people and that they're giving then their views to the parliament before that legislation was to be voted on. Now, not a voice to government, mind you, which is what almost every other Indigenous body in the past has been. This time, it's a voice to the parliament, which leads it open to being used by parties or independents who might oppose the government of the day to make a bit of mischief. Also in the Uluru Statement was a demand that we have something that's called the Makarata Commission to supervise, and I'll quote the document, it said, a process of agreement making and truth telling about our history. Now what that means in simple language is a treaty between white Australia and migrant Australia with black Australia. And a truth telling process, which is revisionism of our past, creating a sort of hate of the Australians who came before us, who while never perfect, none of us are, uh, they were reflective of their times. And with a lot of effort and sacrifice, they have built us a country that's by far more good than bad. Malcolm Turnbull called The Voice a third chamber of the parliament. Now, I don't often agree with Malcolm Turnbull, but on this I do. In the past, when there was support for constitutional recognition from prime ministers like John Howard and Tony Abbott, it was a special mention of Aboriginal people in the Constitution's preamble. It was never for anything like this, and it's disingenuous that some of those pushing for the voice try and claim their support. Tony Abbott always said he supported adding just one line to our Constitution, and that one line went something like this. He hoped it would be in the preamble. It said that we would recognise Australia's Indigenous heritage, British foundation and immigrant character. That's it. Nothing more. Again, as he argued, anything more would divide us, not, not unite us. Now, as it stands, any voice, any treaty process, I reckon it had failed to get the necessary support at a referendum. And this is what the progressives refused to accept because they only talked to themselves. And to push ahead and put up something that would almost certainly fail, well, that takes us backwards as a country. And I think it undoes decades of work by so many. Okay, guys, uh, some interesting points there. And, and to a certain level, I, I do agree um, uh, that uh, Australia should be for Australians. But what's beautiful about Udinji is that it's never part of Australia. They can do whatever they want in their, their world. 
they can have an Indigenous Australian, a Chinese Australian, a British Australian and change their laws and all their things, but it doesn't affect this thing here. Um, and, and that's, I mean, we're happy to work with Australia, don't get us wrong, but at the end of the day, it's a foreign uh, world. Uh, we're, we're, we're in a different uh, universe, let's say that. Oh, you, you're absolutely right with that. And look, Peter Credlin's right with what she said there. It is racist. Why should, uh, why should one, base, uh, one lot based on race, uh, the, the black Australians, get some special voice to Parliament, whereas, as she said, the white Australians you know, can't, get a, can't get access to vote in whatever that, that body is? So she's dead right. It is a racist move, a voice to Parliament, which is why you didn't just say all along, don't waste your time, effort and money on that. You put your money into where it really matters, and that's a treaty, for example. Uh, she goes on further to say there that there are certain people that are just... Um, looking after themselves, you know, their own their own agenda, their own ego, so to speak, to try and get this voice to Parliament. There's quite a number of that going on. So she's right all the way around. Now, it is it would be considered a, a third chamber. Well, not quite a third chamber because it doesn't have the veto rights to, you know, to veto legislation altogether, but does have rights to to influence the way uh, laws and policies are passed and, and made. So she's right. I do look. She she's she is far. I wouldn't say far right, but she is to the right side of politics, um, more so than the left side. And that is why they had to create inside the the Labor government had to create inside the the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade a position for an ambassador to talk to the nations who are foreign to to Australia. That's that's Yudinji, for example. Now, Yudinji doesn't have any worries or, or argument over, you know, change the day, you know, change the date. 26th of January, what's got to do with us? That's all Australian stuff, you know. The Australian flag, the Aboriginal flag, that's all Australian stuff. Don't worry about the flag and, and appeasing the, the so-called natives. Yudinji has its own flag and it is totally Yudinji. It's nothing to do with Australia. Um, the Yudinji has its own constitution. It's all totally Australian. And we have our own holidays, for example. Well, I'm going to bring Mummy in here because last week we spoke to a group of people from down south and when he did the smoking ceremony he was talking about rap dances and this all that kind of stuff which is not part of you didn't you never was and never will be but kind of talk to us about what you were saying there because what we're saying is you didn't you will always be you didn't you never part of Australia or it can't be the mob from down Melbourne way or anyone else see the Lord and Ed Evans and Curry up here curry and uh, gribble to flog us, you know, and to do bad stuff to the Dingy people, to Palm Island, Sherberg and Yarraba, and we, 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 got, we got the special treatment. And my granddad told Gribble to go, you're trouble, and they call him a black crocodile. You see, Dingy people, uh, they were very gooey too, and they, we know our tracks, we see uh, Bowlands' was big building in Cairns, and uh, we still got our team. We got the pyramid there, the Jarragon there, just like Uluru. That's why they're trying to wipe us out and say you got nothing. I know a lot of things too with Dad Charles, and I've been there. I mean, my sister and brothers, and uh, that sort of life that it was a good life. Now we got uh, Cobus and uh, the Great Barrier Reef all going. And but I, I was talking to a lot of people about the ceremony smoking. That's what's our healing. This was our healing medicine, and uh, and uh, yeah, so we do corroboree. My dad couldn't talk on stage or on a mic. He had to show the white man that he was dancing. 
that we're still here. And that's the first dance and that's the oldest dance of Australia. See, to me, that I see things that it's not going right for the dingy people on Gimoy country. They're better off calling Queensland uh, Gimoy or, you know, dingy. <laughs> and uh, that's what I like to see to the Queensland. And, you know, that all these boundaries we got and up that way, Northern Territory and down where NIT, uh, all them places, Sydney and Brisbane, you know, this would be called a tribal thing now because I'd be too ashamed to get on a thing that, uh, where people, where all these big shots go in Canberra and they say they're gonna fix this place up. Man, if my dad was alive, he'll say there's nothing going good, just like I'm saying it now, you know? Yeah, thank you. Hey, you. Yeah, the, um, <clears throat> the thing that seems to be a constant that stands out for me is that um, there is all sorts of supposed changes and offers being made over quite a few decades and yet it's always the same um, same way of proposing it will let you do something as long as it's the way we're doing it it's a one-way street and um, and as Ganyara said before that it is interesting that the Foreign Affairs Department have appointed an ambassador they are uh, you know maybe they are starting to recognize the true true and correct um, position of the Yudinji, but I uh, still have that feeling that it's only if it's going to operate their way. Well, let's see what happens. I mean, that's, that's our responsibility to make sure it doesn't. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're never related. That's the beauty about this, Ganyara. The sovereignty has never been ceded, even if we as a government, as a Yudinji government, signed the futures away of all the Yudinji people, the Yudinji tribe and the elders can stop the government and finish it and start a new one. And that's that's what sovereignty is all about. And they can say, no, no, you fellas been taken, you, you didn't your government ministers been taking everything and go. You just as bad as the Australian fellas. So that's the power of the elders. They can say, no, we can stop you there. But they're the ones who put it together. And we have been uh, given that responsibility to build it for all the gari and you didn't bummer for future generations. Oh, absolutely, and and that's that's why it was set up this way. Uh, so if it does get taken over and influenced um, the wrong way, I suppose uh, the old people can say, "Look, no more. She's over and done with. We're going to go back to our tribal roots, and we'll actually call a meeting. We'll determine what's going to be best. If the Yudinji government's misbehaving too much, we'll, we'll crash it in." And and that's how it should be around the world. So you know, you can keep control of what's on your territory. Um, as Yurulam said, look, he's dead right. Australia's been kicking the can down the road for so long now. The novelty is worn very thin, you know. Five years waiting, you know, offering the, the, the hand of friendship, offering the, the deal to be the administrator of the territory in conjunction with, with the Yudinji Nation, you know, be the international voice for the Yudinji Nation at, you know, uh, uh, at the UN, at international affairs. It's been, it's been on off for so long. But now we're moving forward and, and we have to move forward. Maybe the Western world doesn't want to, to take that role. We can't force it upon anyone. So, you know, the, 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 the groundwork is being done to, to move it forward, um, be it with another nation, or be it with, be, with you know, someone who, uh, you know, an indigenous nation or a UN another UN member state. And we can't rule out anyone. 
And I, and I literally mean that we can't rule out any UN member state because if they're all going to bid, it's like a tendering process, you know, who's going to offer the best for the Yidinji nation? And, and that's what it's all about. Maybe Australia might be the best, we don't know. Maybe the US, maybe the UK, we don't know until they, until they put on offer. But if they, you know, if they don't want to come to the table, that's all right, we're not going to force anyone. But maybe we've seen China looking for country down this way, you know, all around. And what will be the legal situation should the Yidinji nation accept a deal with China, for example, to, to bring a naval base in here, you know, start to, to bring their navy boats in? We, you know, Australia can't stop them. If, we've, if, 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 if we cede sovereignty or some of it, a little bit of it, to the uh, People's Republic of China to do the administrative work to protect the Yidinji nation, by the way, from other forces, you know, maybe the, the neighbouring tribes want to take over or maybe the, the Indonesians want to take over our bit of territory, we could say to China, look, you've got to defend our territory from all other people, all other, all other nations. That would be part of the responsibility. Now, they, they do have room and land to put installation on. There is military installations upon the territory. And if we cede that authority to them, what will happen to the Navy base that Australia call theirs, HMAS Cairns, for example? What will be the legal situation in a global court? You know, the International Court of Arbitration, the International Court of Justice or whatever. If China can go over and say, look, we have permission from the true and correct owners of the place to put our Navy boats, our boats, on that wharf there. Think about the consequences, Australia. We're saying to you, you know, don't take it lightly. We're deadly serious about what we're doing. And we want to maintain the peace here. We, we need to maintain protection of our territory. Think about what you're saying yes or no to. Think about your inaction. You know, by, by just kicking the can down the road, maybe. And look, things are getting very uncertain at present. You know, there's talk of the, the argument with Taiwan uh, escalating. You can see it in the, in the, mid, in the um, Balkans area with the Ukrainian stuff going on now. That, everyone took it very cheap. Oh, yeah, Russia won't do this, Russia won't do that, whatever. Next thing you know, Russia's in Ukraine. So maybe the Russians are interested in looking at a bit of country. We don't know. Um, but Australia want to be very serious about, you know, saying yes or no to this. Well, if it's good for the tribes in the, of the Pacific, then, you know, fair go. Fair shake of the sauce bottle, as Kevin Rudd would say. Well, my appearance here, that's what I give, when I give a welcoming, I said, well, I don't have to say anything. My appearance, that's the biggest thing. Well, Murmur and Gunjara and Vyurlum, that they, they're very good, but I, I'm here with them. I'm staying, staying with them because I mightn't bring out something like they bring out, but my appearance here. Thank you. Well, that's very important because the Yidinji elders and, well, you as a government minister also has a vital connection to the world and uh, it makes our job easier, Colour. So, uh, same with all the mob there. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if you've never been to university, if you don't, if you don't know this or you, you know this country better than anyone. And, and that's what sovereignty is all about. That's what this is all about. Um, this is your house, and we're, he we're here to help look after that as the Yidinji government. And that's for, for everyone, Kungai and, and Jebaganji, the whole lot. You know, we know uh, the borders and everything like that, and we're happy to help. And uh, what's not helpful is that people saying we're getting big money here. We, we all volunteers here. So whoever's messing, sending that mess and mess making, you know, you want to pull them up about that and uh, make sure and um, so I think it's really important now 
that Australia listens, uh, not only listens, but act. And uh, there'll be a certain number of things happening over the next month or two that, uh, you know, it'll be serious to them. And uh, that's it. This is uh, the rule of law has to be upheld. And, it, you know, we're just applying their law to them. And uh, it's simple business, really, from our point of view. Um, you're, you're with us or against us. What do you want? You know, we're, we're happy to give it for nothing in terms of Australian money. We don't want Australian money for a treaty. No. We've got Yidinji money. We've got Yidinji dollar. So that's our, that's our world. Your world's with Australian money or US money. You can buy that one. So I think it's really important for AUKUS, that is Australia, uh, the UK and the US, those alliances and, and any other international alliance that Australia may be part of, that, you know, who wants to kill off Australia? Certainly not us. You can blame yourselves for that. Oh, it was that. Oh, we'll blame Malcolm or we'll blame Julia or Tony or oh, ScoMo or whoever it is. No, you blame yourselves. It's not us. We've been handing out that leaf olive branch here for peace, but you continue to, to, to um, ignore us. And it might bite you in the mun, you know, in the muyu. So watch out. Okay? We've got another big shot calling here. Anyway, uh, we're going to uh, go to a break and then afterwards we'll be back with some final comments. You're listening to Black Law Tribal Edition right across the planet. Then you'll be missing. We'll be raging all night long. Every day. 
Stray of 870 Culture, and when I'm in Cairns, the only station I listen to is BBM. Okay, welcome back. Uh, final comments. Uh, what's up with you, Yerlin? Yes, yeah, very exciting time. So um, hopefully, Australia start to catch up and see that uh, we're the way forward, and uh, looking forward to that happening. Oh, you're right with that. You know, but probably the biggest thing is the education of the Australians. You know. Um, as to their, who they really aren't. That, that, that's going to be a big one, you know. I, I noticed with the, with the comments of Peter Credlin there, that she assumed that everyone on the continent were Australians, but they, they, they really are, you know. So it's a bit of a civics education that they really need. That education, education, education. How can they go to a referendum, by the way, if the Australians aren't up to speed with the whole truth, you know, with, with what's really is the current situation? Are, they, are there other people other than Australians? Have they been told there may be possibly Indigenous people who are not Australians who actually own the place? Education. How can you go and have a referendum and be successful if Australians aren't educated? And that was actually raised with one of the senators at the time. You know, um, how can they... You know, it was all over that voice to parliament and recognition stuff uh, going on at the time, and we actually did say to them, you know, unless you tell Australians the, the, the truth, the whole truth, any, any referendum they have would be totally worthless and useless if they were never given all the information to make an informed decision. Education, education, education. At least Yudinji, uh Department of Education does include civics education in a big way to understand what it is to be a citizen of the Yudinji nation. So, you know, maybe they want to take a leap out of the Yudinji education book. You know, it's just something to think about Australia. Yes, the truth telling, and uh, we'll ask Bormy for his final comments, but uh, you've just been getting phone calls uh, all day. All the big shots calling him, as he would say, and uh, he is a big shot himself, which is fantastic. So, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, we've talked about this uh, uh, in Indigenous voice to Parliament. Australians are saying it's going to fail. The ones pushing it may not get what they fully want out of it, but time will tell, I guess. And at the end of the day, the easiest thing to remember, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect the pre-colonial Indigenous nations of what Australians do, whether they have a voice to Parliament or whatever. It doesn't affect you, didn't you, whatsoever, or your mob. Remember that. But in Australia, if you're participating in that world, look after it and be a great Australian, we reckon, um, and, and uh, do the best you can. 
um, and we, we you know just letting you know that we're trying to, to protect you guys and uh, but at the end of the day it is a white Australia and it still is today uh, it doesn't matter Penny Wong she's an Australian yep fair enough fair, f foreign minister there's a number of immigrants there as well they're still working for a document that promotes race-based laws and that's not welcome on our territory so they're gonna have to come down and change their constitution or agree to uh, uphold the laws of the Indian nation on our territory one or the other and uh, it's just business uh, contract law simple stuff but uh, anyway May God's peace be upon you wherever you are listening to this show in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour.